Space Anime, Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Hello, everybody. We're getting pretty damn close to the end here. Yeah. Um, this is episode 105, 105 just to 108. Only four episodes, because uh, next time is, what, only only two episodes? And then a lot a lot of chitter-chatter. Yeah, I figured it would be best to break it down, because that was a logical point where this uh, episode 108 ends. So Yeah. So yeah, episode 105. Uh, Reinhardt gives an order for Oberstein not to harm, harm the political prisoners he has taken hostage. Quote, hostage. Because, again, this is picking up from Oberstein doing the order to imprison a bunch of people because he wants to do an exchange with Iserlone to, like, get everything thing done bloodlessly. Uh, Bittenfield had been detained. Uh, that's just for the setup for anyone who forgot. Yeah. So Ryan wanted to give these orders. However, an unfortunate incident happened where the prison, where all these political prisoners were being detained, had a huge fucking riot. Um, Shet got out of hand really fast. Uh, like, there's no way the police there could corridor and everything. So Bittenfield's guys yeah. try to step in to put down the riot because they think they're MPs well, now. God, yeah, this seems really dumb. So it was like all of Bittenfield's troops, so the Black Lancers, just like got a wild hair up their ass and they're like we gotta protect our boy let's get in there and <laughs> Oberstein's MP aka like the actual people who should be doing this uh, are like concerned that they're just going in to try and break Bittenfield out and like do and, some stupid shit and also just to murder all do. the political prisoners too like they're concerned for the safety of the guys they got because Bittenfield's dudes are crazy yeah, and they do not understand politics. At, they are the opposite of Overstein, <laughs> basically. Uh, I'd just like to think that uh, Bittenfield grabbed all the stupid people that would think he's a fucking genius. <laughs> so, like, everybody <laughs> under him is so goddamn stupid. They think, well, they, they've, they've kidnapped the genius of the army. That's uh, the only way that that works. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, they captured our Yang Wenli because they're too dumb to realize that Bittenfield <laughs> is also dumb as shit. Yeah. So there's a lot of scenes of, like, Bittenfield's dudes yelling at MPs and stuff. Um, a whole bunch of different factions try going back into the prison to, like, get it under control. Both, like, the prisoners, like, the MPs that were there, Oberstein's guys under the control of Ferner, who's his underling guy. Bittenfield's dudes all go in there. Um, there's too many forces inside the prison trying to get it back in the, under control, so it's like hard to command them. And yeah, like it's already a chaotic situation. They're already inside of a burning prison with a bunch of people running free and rioting and shit. And then now you also have like basically six different armies with no commanders all going in there, and so shit starts breaking down. They just start. Bitfield's guys people. just start shooting up the prisoners. Um, Actually, yeah. Ferner, who is trying to get in control of everything, gets shot by his own guys since it's so chaotic. And, and Ferner is the uh, uh, the second hand to Oversight yeah. for those of you who, since we never, since we never remember Ferner's name, I think it's fair to assume the audience won't either. Yeah, <laughs> but he was the only one really doing any sort of commanding in there. And once he gets shot, uh, shit goes downhill real fast. And the narrator ends up saying that a thousand people died, uh, three thousand people are injured, no one was arrested. So like Bittenfield guys just shot everyone. Um, mm. he's also saying that, like, since no one was commanding stuff, the first aid that was waiting outside for people, like, didn't get to anyone, because, like, no yeah, one knew they were there. Ferner had given them, like, the correct instruction of, like, yo, wait a little bit, we don't want the first aid people going in if it's just random bullets everywhere. Like, give us a sec, we'll try and get this calmed down. Uh, but since Ferner got shot by just 
some random friendly fire, I might add. But, like, that's the thing, is the confusion was so bad, even he got hit. And then he couldn't tell the paramedics to go in, so no one got help. So, yeah, a ton of people died for no reason. I like the shot of them showing the doctors just awkwardly standing outside, just sort of like, Yeah, well, it was kind of funny about three sad. hours. <laughs> you think we should ask for... Nah, let's just keep waiting. Yeah, they even mentioned that, yeah, exactly, yeah, Gia brings up a good point. They were just, like, sitting out there for, like, three hours doing nothing because they were waiting for the command of, you can come support now. <laughs> yeah. So Should we go inside that... and help? No, that'd be rude. It's really dangerous, and they told us specifically to wait out here until they said, <laughs> go. It's like... I mean, like I'm getting paid either way. Where they're, all just, <laughs> where they're all just, like, hitting him with sticks and, like, <laughs> punching him in the nuts and stuff, and they're like, okay, he said he's going to give us the signal when to stop, but he's, like, unconscious <laughs> on the ground being beaten with sticks. And the narrator, says, that- <laughs> the narrator says, because of this, a lot of people died from wounds, blood loss, and all that stuff, so it's just, oops. <laughs> so you have these doctors just standing outside like, Whew, sure hope no one in there is dying of blood loss right now. That would be a shame. Uh, we would have heard something scary. by now if that was happening. <laughs> so the next day on Heinesen, uh there are many terrorist bombings. Um, people think it was in connection to the previous night's riots, but um, there's some scenes of like just explosions happening all over the city. Uh, Wallen tries to go out to lead some of the firefighting efforts and they get that, but he almost gets shot by a sniper. Um, so there was an assassination attempt on his life. By the way, yeah. the sniper tried shooting him. He, like, missed or whatever and ducked out in the way of time. One of his underlings just took a bazooka and blew up the building the sniper was in, which was... Yeah, it was wild. Like, the thing, too, is, is the only reason uh, they managed to dodge it is because, like, someone saw uh, the, like, lens flare of the scope in a window and, like, tackles him out of the way. And then, yeah, immediately in response, like, two dudes with guns and one dude with a rocket launcher, like... The thing of Mueller's like, okay, v- go investigate the sniper and figure out what happened. And then there's just already a rocket in the room and it's all blown up. And he's like, okay, we can consider that investigation closed. Moving on. <laughs> it's just really good. So Mueller keeps getting orders from Oberstein to do stuff. But like Mueller being the MP guy he is, is like, I need to go, not Mueller, but like he's like, I need to go investigation why all this shit's happening. So he just kind of ignores Oberstein's orders and instead goes to the hospital where, like, all these uh, prisoners are being treated. Um, mm-hmm. It's there that he discovers that uh, Peta and that PhD dude from the university have died and that Sydney and Mirai are seriously injured. Yeah, it's been a while, but Paita and the university guy, they were both on that uh, tribunal thing that was grilling Yang. Paita yeah. is this, uh, he was a higher up in the military, but he was kind of like a, uh, a politician military guy. So you'd see mm-hmm. him, he was usually one of the dumbasses giving bad orders. Um, the narrator states that uh, since there were so many guns in the prison, plus, like, all the people in the prison were old political dudes, like, it didn't make sense for them to riot, so it was obviously set up by terrorists. Um, yeah, they said, like, they, they were like, yeah, no, these were a bunch of, like, seasoned politicians and people who probably would have been wise enough to say, like, okay, they're gonna do some kind of deal with us, we just gotta wait this out, like, that's life. There's only one um, explanation. Cypher. I mean, no, the terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Terror is. But the thing is, they do mention that, like, apparently everyone came together and everyone putting their head together just, it was just like, nope, yep, this is extremely the terrorist. This is obviously very the terrorist. Boy, a terrorist. Who could it be? Wouldn't be the terrorists again. No, not them. They always get them confused. Um, so Mueller is, while doing this investigation, concerned that if this info gets out the Izzlehorn, uh, they may be pissed and not show up for the negotiation stuff. 
Uh, so he starts looking for more ex-Islehorn people to try to like use that information as a bridge to like prevent this from happening. Um, but since uh, Mirai and Sydney were both like unconscious at the time, he really couldn't do anything. Well, that was and, that was a thing. Um, Sitzele was uh, alive. He was just you know being carried away. But uh, Mirai himself was in a coma. Yeah, but Mueller's influence to investigate this stuff kind of like leaves because the hospital gets taken over by Oversign's men and mm-hmm. like. Bueller was already disobeying his orders I anyway. I thought they would have um, made use of a Citile for this, but I guess they they figured Barai would be the only only usable person. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Well, they've they've sent Barai before. Like they know he yeah. went during the um, uh, the Rudenthal Rebellion. Like they know that you know the Barai handled that stuff there. So maybe that was Mueller's whole thing. Is like, well, he did it before. He can do it again. Ah, crap! He's in a coma. <laughs> ah, crap. <laughs> So uh, we get a shot of Julian, Frederica, and company. They're on their way to Heineson for these peace talks. Uh, they learned that the city's in their martial law and shit's gone downhill. So they're like, well, we probably shouldn't go now. It's a bad time. Um, yeah, like Shen Kopp, uh immediately is like, there is way too much chaos. There is way too good of a chance that someone will assassinate us under the cover of this and then be able to write it off as just chaos ensuing. So like... Let's not go there right now. Let's make sure we get a nice, clean meeting. On and second so thought, let's not go to Islehorn. It's a silly place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Heinus, Heinus, which, uh, by Heinus the way, Heinus. I don't know why it was so funny at first to me that they just, Heinisonopolis. <laughs> but, like, good on them. Like, I was, like, thinking, I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I was like, well, Indianapolis is just kind of Indiana plus Opolis. So, like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Heinisonopolis, go nuts. <laughs> why not? So, um... They try to go home, but one of the ships has engine trouble, so they're stalled for a bit. And then while they're stalled, a bunch of Galactic Empire ships start showing up and tell them to stop. Uh, there's a flashback for Dusty here. I don't know why. The, like I felt. Um, a- I know why. It was because the writing team on the anime was like, hey, can we just have a second to appreciate the character we did and how he super <laughs> fit in and no one noticed he wasn't supposed to be in here at all? Like, can we just get a little little flashback pat on the back for how good we did with dusty <laughs> i really think that was it so um we get a shot of ryan's uh, hurt uh seeing uh or getting news of the riots he's mad of course because he feels that his underlings are doing a bad job and all that um the narrator notes that there are six different doctors that are come along with reinhardt on his trip out but reinhardt hates being seen as sick to his troops so like he kind of tells them to just leave him alone all the time um, Mecklinger wonders if that's a good long-term decision that not listening to doctors. <laughs> um, uh, going back to the Islehorn quarter, the Islehorn fleet, or the, I don't know, the greeting fleet or whatever it was, is going back. They're being tailed by these Galactic Empire people. Dusty thinks he can take a hundred ships with 12, but, uh, runs away into the quarter and then gets protected by the entire Islehorn fleet. So the Galactic Empire fleet runs away. It's really just stupid shit. Um, we go back to Oberstein. He wants to sweep some dust before Reinhardt arrives. So he announces... <laughs> it's like the name of his operations is the dusting, the mowing of the lawn. Yeah, yeah he, it's always just... Taking just care of the general place. housekeeping. But the yeah, master's away. It, yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, so it's uh, he announces that he has captured Rubinsky and that he's going to try him. Uh, no one knew that he had captured Rubinsky. Like, Wallen was saying this to Ferner. It's like, I, I didn't even know he had this guy. Um, but they explained that they found him by looking through hospital records. 
Uh, and they realized that he had a brain tumor at some point, and like he wasn't actually being listed as a real person in a hospital. Uh, so we found him. He's under an alias. It was Dadrian Brubinsky. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for someone with a brain tumor named Adrian Brody. Is that? Is there anyone in here? <laughs> Rubinsky just kind of sweats as he's seizing in the back with a brain tumor. Like no. <laughs> Uh, so Reinhardt eventually lines on Hannison, does not give a shit about Rubinsky's news, considers him like a I nothing. love that delivery. It's just how Rubinsky's whole thing was to be this huge obstacle to Reinhardt. And it's sort of like, we finally got him. He's just like, who? Whatever. <laughs> so Reinhardt immediately goes to uh, deal with Bittenfield and Oberstein since they've been feuding. Uh, they, apparently they did this at an art museum. I guess that's a good backdrop. Um, Bittenfield's apology. One thing I will say about the Rubinsky news and like Ryan not reacting, that also kind of paints a picture of like the fact that on the grand political scale, he really only does care about war and like great noble warriors on the field and all that stuff. So like the terrorists and Rubinsky and all that is just what I, they're it's just some him, random yeah. backstabbing weasels. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's why Oberstein and Mueller need to exist. I think <laughs> for Ryan to function. Yeah. Uh, so Bittenfield immediately starts apologizing to uh, Reinhardt. Um, he asks for forgiveness for all of his troops doing stupid shit. And then immediately starts criticizing Oberstein for being a backstabbing <laughs> asshole. I'm really sorry, Your, your Majesty, but he's a huge fucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, they bring up the fact that, uh, that uh, Bittenfield has lost to Yang so many times and that that was like brought up during Oberstein yelling well, at him, but Ryan's like, don't be mad. That was part of, yeah, when he was criticizing Oberstein, I think he brought that up specifically because he knew that, you know, Ryan had also lost to Yang. So Oberstein kind of using that as a fuck you is also kind of a fuck you at Ryan a little bit when he's like, yeah, why should I listen to someone who couldn't even beat Yang three times, you big dumbasses? And then he's like, <laughs> Hey, Reinhardt, he called me a dumbass because I lost to Yang. What do you think of that? And Reinhardt's just kind of like, hmm. I didn't beat Yang either. I didn't beat Yang either. Don't feel too bad, I guess. Like, he doesn't <laughs> take it as an insult to himself. He's just kind of like, calm down, Bittenfield. Yeah, and Bittenfield sees this as, like, Ryan has changed. Like, in the past, he would have been more angry and scolded him about these mistakes. But he thinks that Ryan's getting soft. Mm. Um, Ryan tells uh, Mueller to arrange for the Iselhorn company to come to Heinison again, um, telling them, like, hey, listen, we've got our shit under control now. Um, Ryan knows that the terrorists will try to come out and interfere with the meeting, but he tells Oberstein, listen, uh, deal with this. And Oberstein's like, Oberstein was silent the entire meeting, by the way, when Bittenfield was yelling. And then, like, yeah, Oberstein just nods at this. Yeah, he did not give a fuck about the Bittenfield pop-off. Like, they even at one point, like, zoom in on his face just to make sure you see... Nope, still no no reaction. <laughs> still they've, nothing. They've gotten incredibly... I mean, it, it's really interesting how his deadpan stare has just gotten colder and colder as the series has gone on. Like, something about it. I don't know if they made his they've eyes They've perfected the larger, Oberstein stare. But the I whole, think they're drawing his pupils smaller every time <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, check like the his art. expression. It just, it just seems the series that goes on, they're like, no, you have to make him look more robotic. More robotic. <laughs> So, um, Bittenfield knows that Reinhardt will eventually meet with the Iselhorn government and that there will be peace, but he wonders what's going to happen to everybody after this. Like, he knows, based on what happened before, that, like, Reinhardt needs an enemy to fight, and he also himself wants to fight people because he's Bittenfield and all that. Mm -hmm. um, the next day, Ryan announces that all the political prisoners that Oberstein had taken hostage are now released. Sorry about that, Mikupa. 
And then um, Julian getting this news thinks that Oberstein. Did you just say me Koopa? Me Koopa. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. One sec. I need a, I need a quick. I usually don't roast people for mispronunciation, <laughs> but this one's like awesome. I love this it one. Okay. It, me Koopa. It's a, Instead of mea culpa, me Koopa. I really like it. Okay, me Koopa. I'm sorry. Me That's Koopa. That's how it's pronounced, right? No, it's mea culpa. <laughs> but I will accept me Koopa. I like it's, it. it's totally me Koopa now. I've been on Twitter yeah. too much today. Um, it is officially permanently me Koopa. <laughs> that is, I'm, I'm tweeting it out now. Um, so go ahead. I'm just going to real quick. I'm dating this episode Mea now. culpa is officially pronounced it's with a k by the me way koopa koopa mm-hmm. thanks to at kuvo <sighs> sa calling it now people are going to make Come some sort it. of a lazy reference to sexy koopa yeah that's what i'll say probably saying. Mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's, the, flavor, the, that's the flavor of the day Okay, the timestamp is 4.24 p.m., uh, according to Twitter here, 23rd September nice. 2018, for anyone who wants to be able to go back. Just know uh, where you make were. Sure. Yeah, that's, where were you when, when Kubo up. said, <laughs> me Koopa? <laughs> All right, well, enough me Koopa, me Koopa for the <laughs> aside, let's continue. Uh, yeah, Julian thinks that Oversign did this to make Ryan look good, uh, and that they're all falling for his plans. Which I feel like is a 50-50 call. I feel like that's a little bit of an option select of just like, <laughs> oh, everything went wrong, but Ryan fixed it. Hmm, damn that scheming Oberstein. Like, it also, if it would have worked, then they would have been like, hmm, damn that scheming Oberstein. But I guess like, I guess that's more of a statement of how good Oberstein's plans are. All of <laughs> Oberstein's when plans are option selects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, even though you went for the perfect move, like, oops, actually, that was also planned for just by being a bastard, generally. <laughs> the Oberstein strategy. If you're just a bastard all the time, then when you lose, someone wins. <laughs> just try and make sure it's someone you like. <laughs> Episode uh, 106 starts out, uh, the narrator saying it was really hot on Fazant. Uh, the Imperial Provisional House is uh, someplace, I guess... That the Anna Rose and Hilda are hanging out at. It's like, I guess, their mansion away from home or whatever. It's the mansion on Fazan as opposed to the mansion on Odin. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it, the narrator notes that, like, throughout the day, all the high ranking people on Fazan are out doing things. Like, Kessler, who's the MP guy, is out, like, looking at shit or whatever. The police get a phone call at HQ saying that the terrorists are planning to take over a bunch of infrastructure places. And then immediately they get notifications that there's this bombing at an oil facility and that the communication systems have been cut, so everybody's freaking out trying to figure out what's going on. They can't contact Kessler because he's away, and since they blew up their satellite dish or whatever, he's not getting phone calls. Um, The narrator states at this point that Kessler did a great job reforming the military police to be less corrupt. If you remember back during the Golden Bomb Dynasty, they were like the hotbed of corruption. Yeah, um, they were the SS. You know, they, they were what they were, and they acted like it. Yeah, so he did a good job reforming them, but as a result, they depended on him a little bit too much. So during all this, like, they don't really know what's going on. Yeah, he was very good at it, but he was a very poor teacher, uh, which seems to also be a common theme in Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes. A lot of people who are extremely good at shit can't teach for their life. It's like when your one like senior lead decides to take a day off of vacation, no one knows what the fuck's going on at the company. Mm-hmm. So um, we get a scene of the guards outside the Imperial residence. Um, the There's some terrorists that do some like karate chop action on these guys and knock them out. Uh, the butler, I note, gets pistol whipped. 
and the terrorists break into Anna Rose's and Hilda's room. This terrorist, by the way, like gets into the room and he looks like he has just run a marathon on cocaine. Like he is yeah. not looking good. <laughs> the, I, I like this whole going on thing, but a lot of the um, a lot of the setup and things that happen in the attack, the defense, the blockade, everything. It doesn't really make sense given that this is just a big mansion. Yeah. Like, like it also seems like they would have put their best terrorist guys to do this, but this dude looks like. He, he... I mean, for for what it's worth, I really like the the observation of it. Looks like he just ran a marathon on cocaine because we've seen the terrorists are not like afraid to use drugs on their yeah. own people. Oh, yeah. What to do a thing more effectively? So it might be like a side effect of either the brainwashing That's that they've true, yeah. done to like make them you know, so hardcore extremists that they're willing to run into a mansion that is clearly defended by everyone with just a knife and be like, go stab the princess and be like, yeah. You <laughs> got it. Yeah. is awesome. Stab yeah. Fist bump. Oh, can I get another hit of that meth before I go stab the princess? Thanks. <laughs> Great. Like, that's, I yeah, feel that's like I can run a marathon. <laughs> so um the guy breaks into the room has crazy in his eyes anna rose tries to step in front of hilda who's on a couch very pregnant um mm-hmm. the terrorist instead gets shot by an mp who walks some might in- say as pregnant as someone can be before mm-hmm. they stop being pregnant yeah yeah fair <laughs> Peak the, uh, ter- the terrorist gets shot by some mp off camera who in turn gets shot by some other terrorist yeah, off camera so, so that's the thing this mp got to the right room really fucking fast and for the remainder of the episode people are like are they still in the building nobody can find them yeah i I, it's kind of weird they don't really show the terrorists taking over the building at all or anything but it's just implied they have control of it it also seems like a thing the mp would know very quickly where what is the empress that seems like a piece of information that they would just always have seems like, like always a, have well the building's caught on fire it's been burning for about two hours and now our heat detection stuff doesn't work oops does anyone know where the empress is no wow that huh? seems like something that the empress defending team should know <laughs> oh do they not know oh we don't actually have secret service for the empress just the emperor who also cuts. tells the Secret Service to <laughs> please fuck off, go hang out with my doctors. So we are maybe the worst Secret Service in history. Yeah, actually. so by this point, the police have gotten hold of Kessler. He is out front trying to coordinate how to get back into the building, but like they don't want to just rush in because they know that the princess could die or whatever. Well, it's, it's like they got a hold of him. He was in a chopper, and I guess he was flying through a tunnel for a few hours or something. They couldn't get a hold of him. <laughs> but they said, hey, by the way, there was a warning call, and then a bunch of places blew up just like the phone call said so we're looking into other infrastructure places and he's just immediately said you fools it's a ruse yeah and says why don't you go check on you know the the kaiserine and you know the uh her sister-in-law oh we haven't heard back from them in about an hour or two well uh we should get over there so the next scene is kind of funny he's out front trying to figure out how to get into the building a maid runs past them trying to get in he stops her and I guess it was, like, one of the underlings of, like, one of the people in attendance to Hilda. Yeah, she and was she, told to go out and get ice cream. It was literally. a donut run, I think, actually. 
she was getting donuts. It was, it was, it was ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, oh, it was really? specifically ice cream. Yeah. Okay, and for the record, can I just can I just go out here and say I wish that in the modern Hitman video game, uh, everyone was this incompetent because I swear to God, I fart near a cocktail glass in that game, and they're like, "Lock down, <laughs> everybody, get to the safe room, surround it with guns, put the mines up." Like it's just like, damn it. <laughs> Whereas this, it's like they blew up a shitload of buildings. Oh no, they have people coming in. Uh, maybe lockdown. Did you just shoulder check me? Is I got a murderer here. <laughs> so uh, Kessler interrogates her, and she happens to know where Hilda and Anna Rose are. She like points out they're in that room or whatever. It's like, yeah, they're in the fu- they're in the fucking lounge. Where the hell else do you think they're gonna be? <laughs> they're in her bedroom. <laughs> what did you expect, like, guys? She says around the back, right there. There is a lounging couch right by the window. Can you not see them? Oh. Also, also, hey, maybe a quick aside. Hey, could one of you, maybe the incredibly identifiable princess that everyone knows or something, I don't know, maybe just like wave, stand yeah. next to the window for a second. <laughs> I also <laughs> like, like that like, he says, okay, <laughs> she points out where they are. They're like on the second story and they bring a ladder and they put it up. And then not one of Kessler's men go up there. Kessler himself is kind of like, fuck it, oh, I'll yeah. do this shit. Yeah. I By the way, love, I, yeah. the maid starts <laughs> chanting like a witch. Yeah, <laughs> like she's just like. Abaga, Badaga, Badingadone. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, what is that? Zabadabadingo? Like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, that's a prayer to make us stronger. Bazinga, Sheldon, Sheldon, Bazinga, Sheldon, Sheldon. He's like, go ahead, keep saying the prayer for ting, me then. And she's ting. like, okay. And walla, walla, like, bing, bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kessler climbs up this ladder and then, like, sees that a terrorist is about to shoot the princess and then, like, says, pox, pox, the rest of Brie It snipes the dude through the window. Right? <laughs> yeah, he snipes the dude through the window, then John woos through the window to shoot the other terrorist. Yeah, that, that, it's what, so good. What I thought was yeah, funny was he, John woos through the window, and I thought was weird was he didn't use the, do the usual thing where they, like, tumble on the ground afterwards. He landed cleanly on his feet. I was like, oh. He's real good. He's done this a lot, yeah, apparently, because he jumps in and, like, shoots two dudes as he's jumping in the window and then lands on his feet and is just kind of like, just another day of being the best cop. (laughs) And then, then, like, he gets his gun shot out of his hand or something. Yeah, some dude shoots the gun out of his hand and then Anna Rose Rose picks up a fucking statue and is like, God damn it, I've got to bludgeon somebody in this fucking anime. Yeah, like, literally, like, Anna Rose is just like, well, time to get rid of this Golden Globe. <laughs> it like, looked like a fucking, it? like, Golden Globe award. And she yeah, threw it, it at the dude's face. <laughs> it, was either, it, it was either that or an Emmy. It just looked exactly like one of those sorts of things. Yeah. Award for best emperor. <laughs> <laughs> <Here he goes. laughs> so she chucks it at the dude's face, and there's a graphic scene of it just wailing on this guy. And then Kessler, of course, picks up the gun and shoots the guy. Um... I have the note here. The maid runs upstairs past the bad guys like an oblivion NPC. So, like, there's yeah. a shot of, like, the corridor, like, the main hallway atrium. And there's, like, guards or the, the terrorists are upstairs shooting down at the MP who are down below. And, like, it's established that they have control of this area. I don't know how, but this maid ran past yeah. them and it shows up. She's like, there's a bad... they're there's just a- going to be looking for police and military guys, Kuvo. I'd like to think she was just admonishing how stupid everybody was. Like, there's a fucking back door. What's the matter with you? Huh? <laughs> so they eventually get Hilda and Anna Rose out of the place. Uh, Hildegard, who is in labor, is taken by the ambulance to the hospital. And the narrator makes a note that the house burns down. 
because whatever mm-hmm. they're like yeah it was only three months that this mega mansion held up <laughs> oh <Yeah>. well <laughs> uh so kessler deals with the rest of the insurgents and all that uh he goes to the hospital where hilda's at because obviously he needs to go check in on that we have a uh, shot of Marendorf Sr. doing the father thing, pacing back and forth, very anxious about his daughter. Uh, Kessler comes in and is congratulated by Marendorf Sr. saying, thank you for being the only person with their fucking head on their shoulders. Um, Which, God, I love that Marendorf Sr. is just the most chill dad. Yeah. <laughs> Still, like, he's just doing dad stuff <laughs> throughout yeah. the whole series. Yeah. Uh, Kessler um, is sitting down waiting for news from the doctors, and he gets a coffee from Marika, who is the maid, the name of the maid. Um, the mm-hmm. maid's like, do you know who I or He's like to the maid, do you know who I am? And she just sits there for a while, and she's like, oh, fuck, you're that huge guy that's higher up. Um, yeah, she kept calling him captain and was like really embarrassed because he. She just assumed he was like a police captain, basically. Yeah, not and like admiral out, or whatever. It's like no, no I'm, basically, like, I'm basically king boss of all the police. <laughs> yeah, I am the king of law, more or less. And she's just kind of like, I am so sorry, I called you captain, and he's just like, eh, I don't, I don't give a shit. I didn't know who you were either, kid. <laughs> they just kind of <laughs> hug. Like, it's great. Like, yeah, like she's like really embarrassed, and he's like, I didn't know who you were. We're square, <laughs> which I think is the best way possibly. Like Kessler has some bad humble, moments yeah. where he does some things that are questionable, but I do like the fact that he is still very down to earth about everything. I feel like that's kind of part of his defining trait and like character, which is why he's been able to maintain so many fires. Yeah, that, that was that was something I really like about this because right this scene, you know, the doctor comes out and says the kid's born, and then. At that point, um, Kessler's kind of like, okay, I got to get back to work because there was all this shit going on. And while he's out and about, you know, you're like, oh, man, Kessler's wonderful. The narrator says, by the way, he was all about torture. We love that <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. Like, it's like sodium pentothal. No, this is space tr- tr- truth serum. If you take it, you die. He loved using it on people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were like. They're like, yeah, people look back at this pretty negatively, but it did prevent a lot of stuff. I was like, yeah, it's one of those kind of iffy and situations just, uh, of means, like, yeah, it's morally bad torture. Yeah, it was morally not the best, but it was like Kessler just cared about yeah, the Jack upholding the law and getting everything clean and nice and the way it should be. And he was willing to do any method, cut some corners, including. Yeah, and it was like Kessler tried torture, but he apparently the thing is they mentioned like. He learned in his previous encounter with the terrorists that a lot of times just doing, like, physical torture to them was just almost, like... Nothing. Due to how fucked up they were, like, an intoxication based on the fact that they were fully absorbed into the belief that they were, like, committing an act of martyrdom. Yeah, they didn't want to turn them into martyrs, is the thing, which they thought they did. Well, and, like, in physical torture just never worked because they were just, like, every time they refused you, they were becoming stronger in faith. <laughs> Please stop punching the terrorists. They've grown too powerful. Uh, so he just brings out Super Truth Serum, and apparently it's, like, a 10% mortality rate or some shit. Yeah. Like, a lot of people die from it. It's kind of fucked. Yeah, it, it's weird going to that scene, like, where they, they were just talking about the torture, because in the previous scene, after Hildegard gave birth to the boy, like, the maid comes up and starts dancing with him and stuff, and he's like, oh, how cute. Oh, yeah, torture time. Well, also, he's very awkward about it with yeah. the maid. Like, he's just, like, trying to get back to work and stuff, and then she, like, fucking, like, grabs him and picks him up, like, you know, just kind of like, come on, dance with me, and, like, starts do doing and he's just kind of <laughs> standing there dumbfounded. Also, the narrator's like... 
Later on, they got married. Neat. Also, he loves to torture. Neat. <laughs> it's kind of like, God damn it, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Can I have anything? <laughs> yeah, so um, through the torture. That, uh, Kessler was the, uh, the first side character to have his own episode, and he's the only one that had two, because the first time he showed up was to basically go down to a planet and say, hey, we need to take all of your food so, you know, things will go but bad for the Golden Bomb Dynasty. And then, you know, the leader of that world said, here, take my daughter. Oh, you two used to know each other. Well, it'll work out great then. And then she didn't want to go. And it's like, oh, well, <laughs> there goes my potential love interest. No, you get another. So through the torture stuff, they find out the headquarters for the terrorist on Fazant. Um, they know that the battle is not going to go well because these terrorists are never going to surrender. So there's a huge siege of... Uh, Pretty much everybody dies. All the terrorists die, except for, like, three of them. Uh, oh, yeah, and can we mention how appropriate it is that while the terrorists are getting blown up, uh, also the son of Reinhardt is born, which is, like, the ultimate blow-up for them, yeah. honestly. Things are like, going downhill is... for the terrorists. <laughs> I really... Yeah, I, I love how nobody seems to know where these terrorists are located, but all of them always wear these burlap robes. And it's sort of like, that would stand out, I think. <laughs> I think they only do it when they're inside, maybe. I yeah, guess. They're inside robes. inside clothes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, take your shoes off at the door, put on the burlap robe. Put on your special underwear. Okay, now affix the nozzle to your special underwear. Now put on your burlap sack. <laughs> Get ready. There's also a brief aside during all this terrorist murdering that uh, Lang was executed for high treason. Yeah, like, that I was feel... weird they brought Lang back all of a sudden. Yeah, it felt that like someone was like, oh yeah, I forgot about him. We need to wrap up this plot point. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, like, he... um, it's like yeah, I mean... Kessler's like, man, I can almost go home. Oh, wait. Oh man, I've got a I've got a midnight execution to go to. Fuck. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I think after they got Rubinsky and the terrorists are starting to kind of wrap up between the birth of the sun, physically being blown up, Rubinsky being captured. I think it was just kind of like, well, I guess that's all we need from Lang. Well, see ya. And they <laughs> yeah. mentioned that like he was a little sad watching like Mrs. Lang because again like outside of politics and military and stuff lang was apparently an all right person it was just he was a huge cocksuck yeah. <laughs> when it came to politics yeah so kessler gets uh the narrator notes kessler's been up for like three days or something yeah. he tries to go home and get some rest but he gets summoned by Hildegard to go back to the hospital um she thanks him for saving his life also delivers the message that the maid wants dinner with him <laughs> at least that yeah, maid's, and that's uh, the point where they said later on they get hitched yeah um, Reinhardt gets news of all this on Heineson. Um, it shows him at a desk with like crumpled paper all around him. He's getting writer's block trying to come up with a name for his kid. Um, the narrator notes that Ryan really doesn't know anything about being a father, let alone having a family because he never had one to begin with. Um, I literally the whole time was like, all right, so how much is he going to name him after Kirk? Yeah, yeah so I Is he going to name too. the child just Kirk? Or is he going to name him Siegfried? Well, the thing is, or is he going to give him I didn't name? remember him having writer's block on this sort of thing. Like, I, I thought this was something that, that... I figured this is something that he as a character already had in his back pocket. Like, I'm naming him after Sig. And now and it comes to the scene, he's like, Oh, God. Uh, Reinhard too? Um, Reinharder? I don't... Uh. <laughs> like Siegfried is maybe a little too common, so I can't really have that take the lead. 
if I call him Siegfried, he could be really cool and have a nickname like Siegfried. Or, no, would that be an insult? God, I don't know. Damn, I don't know if he's talking about me, then it might be an insult, because I'm pretty sick, and that's a problem I have. <laughs> I'm uh, literally sick. I am dying for a fight, in a very literal sense. I don't want them to name my son. I don't want them to call him Booger Boy or whatever, so, okay, Siegfried can't be the header, but... Do I know anyone named Alex? I just realized I that I, I just realized his initials are ASL. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Siegfried von Lohengrin. Yeah. ASL. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess his nickname is Prince Alec because that's cooler or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mittmeyer gets uh, sorry. Yeah, Mittmeyer and the other admirals get uh, news that Rubinsky has been captured and killed. Apparently, um, Bittenfield is very mad at this because he feels that. Oberstein's getting credit for a bunch of shit. You know, he hates Oberstein doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also get get news that because of all the prison riots and shit that had happened on Heinesen, uh, all of Islehorn's fleet is on the way to Heinesen. Uh, they got angry about that, and so um, they were getting pumped up for a fight. And then they have that silent dude in the back who never says anything, say checkmate, and all the admirals <laughs> freak the fuck out about it. Yeah, that was that was Eisenach. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like in the book he probably had a lot more appearances because he pops in on occasion, and there's weird little quirks about him. In the anime, he just, like, shows up from time to time, and it's always, like, when they're going through, you know, Bittenfield and Mittenmeyer and all them giving orders, and they're all like, fire, go, do around the side, and then it cuts to one guy sitting in a chair, just a giant of a man, who just kind of, like, waves his hands a little bit, and then someone next to him's like, take them 45 degrees to the flank and shoot them in the side, and he just kind of <laughs> nods silently, like, he just never talks, and so, yeah, he, it's all Mittenmeyer and the group talking, and then out of the corner, we just hear checkmate and everyone's like what the fuck i thought he was a mute what the hell i've known him for 10 years i thought it was medical what the fuck all you do is win a chess game <laughs> so episode 107 starts out with a bit of a flashback to the reason why Islehorn is coming um if you remember uh they were going off the heisenson realized that all that shit was going down and then decided to leave um they eventually went back, but after that happened, a ship uh, that was defecting to Islehorn had engine trouble, so they radioed Islehorn for help. I guess there was like a thousand people on the ship just wanting to go to Islehorn to be Republicans or whatever. Uh, both the Galactic Empire and the Islehorn forces show up getting the radio signal. Uh, Popolon said it was just bad timing, but um, eventually they outnumber the Galactic Empire forces. So the Galactic Empire forces request help, and then they outnumber the Islehorn, and it just starts escalating. Uh, the narrator notes that the battles just is a happenstance, like it wasn't planned or anything, but it just happened to start fighting. As most of the most influential battles are. Yeah. Which I do appreciate that they, you know, the author made sure, like, nope, just like how Yang just kind of got shot in the hallway, sometimes war just starts. <laughs> it just happens. Yep. So Julian uh, knows in order to negotiate with Ryan, he has to win battles, um... He knows that Reinhardt appreciates, like, shows of ideals and stuff, so he figures, let's commit all of our stuff and fight to say, you know, we appreciate, we will fight for the rights of these people to be, you know, choose their government, etc. Um, Reinhardt gets news of this on Heinesen, that there's fights going around outside the Islehorn Quarter like that. He says, hey, now it's a good time at any, let's go blow them up. Um, Ewer is, gets this news and knows that he doesn't want Ryan to lead forces because he's sick and all that, but Reinhardt's like, listen, I'm going to go do this battle because he's pig-headed like that. 
Um, Meyer says the same thing that Bowler just said. Listen, Ryan, you can't go fight. It's bad for your health. You have a new kid and all that. You probably shouldn't be doing this shit. Reinhardt says to Mittenmeyer, hey, don't you also have a wife and two kids? Stop telling me Are what to do. Are you the only one who's allowed to risk your life? Shut up and sit down. And Mittenmeyer's <laughs> just kind of like, well. And then he shuts up and sits down. <laughs> <laughs> so Oberstein and Wallen stay on Highness and the clean shit up while Mittenmeyer and the rest of them all run off to Islehorn Corridor. Uh, en route. Also, for the record, hey, Mittenmeyer, I think you kind of left out the part where he also has an empire. You said, like, wife and kid. You sort of forgot all of space. <laughs> you forgot a little <laughs> detail there. <laughs> so, en route to Iselhorn, Reinhardt has a fever but doesn't tell anyone. Um, the event battle eventually starts. He addresses the fleet saying that he'll always lead in battles and then his son will lead in battles and whoever commands the Galactic Empire will lead in battles and that's how it should be and all that. My son won't be no pansy. Yep. Uh, the battle Easy. starts. Uh, one of the, I think it was Attenborough, uh, makes mention that Bittenfield has learned how to restrain himself this time. Like, he's not falling for tricks anymore. Yeah, one of them mentions, he's just like, Ugh, since when the fuck did Bittenfield add the word cautious to his dictionary? God damn it. Like, he's not just flying into Thor's hammer. Shit. I'm jingling my car keys right in front of his face. Why is he not freaking out? <laughs> Um, Julian is also, the narrator notes Julian is also at the head of his fleet, though he doesn't have the, uh, I don't know, the ego, egoism to give a speech like Reinhardt does. Yeah. Uh, And they mentioned that, like, this might actually just be reckless, which I did like, that they're just like, (laughs) unlike Reinhardt, who did it as a big display to try and, you know, do all these different goals, Julian did it, it was just kind of (laughs) stupid. Just kind of dumb of him. (laughs) Um, So Reinhardt is having, um, he's feeling uncomfortable with his fever. He still has the fever. Narrator says that, like, the Galactic Empire has 50,000 ships, the Ilzelhorn's 10,000. But again, they're in the corridor, so it's kind of hard for them to do anything. They can't fully take advantage of their big numbers. Yeah, Yeah. it also notes that Ilzelhorn has having a bunch of problems with manpower. So they have all of these reserve ships uh, that are remote piloted. Uh, yeah, it was like 10% of their forces are just kind of hanging out over in space being pretend backup. But also they're all automatically piloted, which kind of makes me wonder, hey guys, could we maybe autopilot more of the ship stuff? <laughs> I, I'm guessing <laughs> like it's the autopilot ships like aren't nearly as good as fighting, but uh, it says that they were planning on using these ships as suicide attack ships. Since no mm-hmm. one's on them, they can just go crazy with them also they were making sure to kind of make them like scoot around and rearrange every so often yeah they look like like their autopilot yeah so um there's a quick interlude here about the narrator talking about the manpower shortage as it is on the islehorn side like entire battleships are being piloted by like a group of eight dudes when like the actual there's one where it was it was 53 people yeah it's like a skeleton battleship the size of a city yeah like it 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 actually shows on the bridge of one of the ships like two of the guys and one just being like how the fuck am i supposed to fly this thing with 50 people what the fuck and then someone else is like dude just make do (laughs) that's how it is right now like that's how it be (laughs) just take it take it on the chin so we get two shots of both Julian and Reinhardt here. Julian is thinking that he's over his head, like he's severely outnumbered. He doesn't have the manpower to do this. But at the same time, we get a shot of Reinhardt, who is also visibly sick, and he's being super cautious because of it. He doesn't want to commit to anything if he knows he can't carry through with it. Um, the other admirals on Reinhardt's side, like Mittmeyer and Bittenfield and all, are wondering why the hell Ryan isn't doing anything. Like he's just kind of stalling. So this makes Bittenfield impatient, and of course he charges. Um, 
Bittenfield wants to go after them because he's pushing the advantage, but Ryan says he's taking a break. And Ryan passes out on the bridge of his ship. Um, this Yeah, for the record, like it's it's like a bad pass out. Like he's getting ready to go sit back down in his chair, and as he's going to sit down, he instead face plants like down some stairs. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. So Mecklinger, I, I should note that Mecklinger, Mittenmeyer, and Mueller are all on Ryan's ship. Uh, Mecklinger gets super angry at the doctors for not knowing what's up. Like he interrogates them, like how, why have you figured out what's up with him? What's going on? And they just like don't know. He like grabs one by the collar and like fucking picks him up and is screaming at him and shit. Yeah, yeah it's a lot for Mecklinger. <laughs> I need a medical explanation. He he literally only feels good when he's fighting in battle. I don't know what the fuck to call this. Yeah, no, like, they even, I think it might be mentioned later when Reinhardt's just kind of like, it's okay, I'm a really shitty patient. But the doctors are kind of like, he's a really shitty patient. He won't (laughs) let us do anything. We tell him, like, hey, just chill for a couple days, let us do some tests, and then he fucking leaves for a five-month battle expedition. Like, what are we supposed to do with doctors? He's like, Like, no, I'm going to fight. Sir, have you eaten yet today? Um, what day is it? No. (laughs) I licked a pan. Is that enough iron for the day? Yes? Okay, great. I'm going to keep doing war. So I finished the pudding you brought me. I brought this to you three days ago. Well, yeah. It has mold Well, I did finish it. it. It's like, well, it's got cytotoxins in it now. It's actually it's spoiled entirely. Well, I finished it. So I'm going to war. So they, the admirals, don't want news that he is collapsed out, going out because they've realized that that may uh, give like a morale boost to the Islehorn force. So like he tells, uh, I think it was Mittmeyer or Mecklinger, one of them tells all the underlings to keep quiet about this. Yeah, it was a uh, Mittermeyer tells all the underlings to keep quiet. Yeah, and so since no one is communicating orders throughout the Galactic Empire forces, um, everybody is like getting confused on what to do like Bittenfield was pushing the advantage but he doesn't get any orders about what to do so like the Dusty's forces I think escaped during all that this pisses and it's off. one of those rare times of Bittenfield doing a good job like Bittenfield made the call and probably could have just overwhelmed them and taken it but he was waiting for orders order that never came it. yeah so Bittenfield got angry about this and calls up uh Ryan's ship gets a Mecklinger instead uh, says that he wants to speak to Reinhardt, and they argue for a bit um, because yeah, it, like, uh, Bittenfield strikes me as somebody who cannot keep a secret. So, like, <laughs> no, so like if he told no, him he that the emperor passed out, um, Bittenfield probably accidentally lean on a broadcast to all channels button or something. Go, what yeah. is he dead? <laughs> is the emperor dead? The emperor's dead. Holy shit! No, that's not what I said. I can't believe yeah. the internet the emperor's dead. <laughs> He's the first dude who like replied all to a very, yeah. He always very gets confidential the email chain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's that guy. He's like, oh yeah, no problem. I can send my password and username to IT. Oh, oops, reply all. <laughs> like, he's at, that. At guy. this point, yeah. I'm thinking that Bittenfeld is just like the embodiment of an incompetent fucker that you somehow always keep around. At this point, I'm thinking that Bittenfeld is actually a random person that is constantly demoted or fired under Reinhardt's command in the book or something. Bittenfield, <laughs> you're a terrible admiral. For the anime. He's like, we need 30 more characters? I don't know. Just make one huge fucker that keeps screwing things up. We'll just use him for all this. Okay. So during all this communication mishaps, the silent admiral guy doesn't do anything. Mueller kind of just sits in the back doing what he does. Since Popolon was out doing his Top Gun shit, um, he kind of overhears some radio chatter and that he knows that there are rumors and weird messages 
he lands on the ship and tells Julian that there may be a misfortune of the Kaiser, like there's something up with him. So Julian holds a meeting. They think that based on what's happening with the battle lines and all that, and because of the rumor that they got with the radio, they think he's ill. And so Shen Cop's like, listen, I want to do some shit. I've been sitting around for 30 episodes. Let me have a battle. So they come up with a plan of landing Shen Cop and the Rosenredders on Ryan's ship. Um, they ask Murkatz if this is a good idea. Murkatz says if they retreat now, they probably won't be pursued, but the next battle is going to be harder and that the Galactic Empire forces are very sluggish, so this may be their best chance. Julian's like, hell, why not? Let's go out with a bang. So they agree to do the plan of landing on Reinhardt's ship. And they know, but he comes up with a caveat that if they get to Reinhardt, they want to negotiate with him instead of just outright killing him. Mm. So um, I like I like how Shinkop basically says, well, if I get to him, I'm killing him. So you just have to get <laughs> yeah. to him first. Yeah, literally. He's just like, he's like, yep, all right. Well, you know what? It's a race. <laughs> <laughs> So um, they agree to the plan. They start suiting up and getting ready for all this stuff. Um, the Rosenredders are having their jolly banter of, you know, wanting to murder Reinhardt graphically. Cateros uh, comes in to say goodbye to Julian. Shenkop makes a joke that says he doesn't want to be a grandpa in his 30s. Yeah, like he's just like, he's like, yep, it's cool. Sure, enjoy the fuck. Just, you know, wear a rubber. I don't <laughs> want to be a grandpa till I'm at least 40. Thanks. Hey, Julian, <laughs> you can bone down. It's totally cool. Just don't have any kids yet, okay? It'll get weird. Yeah, this, of course, embarrasses them. It's funny, haha. Um, episode 108 starts with the narrator. This is pretty much exactly one year after Ryan's death, and it's a funny coincidence. They're Yang's death, but yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. I was misspoken earlier. Mittenmeyer was not on Ryan's ship, but Mecklinger calls him over now. Um, this is where yeah. Mecklinger starts yelling at him because the doctors have no fucking clue of what's causing Ryan's illness. Um, and they just straight up tell them, like, He's like, man, I don't know. It's a new thing. Like, we have no idea. We can't do research. We can't. Well, that's the thing is Mecklinger like freaks out when they're like, we need to do research. And he's just was, like, you need to fix him. And he's that like, that was even Mueller. Well, like, uh, Mueller and Mittermeier are both losing their shit at this point because he's like, well, we've never seen it. It's time for research. And Mueller's like, research. And they're like, yeah, so I get that you yeah. war boys have no idea how science works, <laughs> yeah, but yes, actually, is... <laughs> we do need to do research, <laughs> this is you dumb new. fucks. We can't inject him with cure juice unless we know what this is. We, we need to make the cure juice first, dog, <laughs> and that takes research. Like, Give me my study it, book. It's time to research. It felt, it felt a lot like some jocks being very mad at some eggheads being yes. like, damn you nerds, fix it now. And they're like, we can't, man. That's not how nerd shit works. I'm sorry. And he's like, come on, I'll stuff you in a locker. And he's like, no amount of lockers will fix him. <laughs> I'm actually kind of sad that like the six scientist doctor guys they have, like that kid doc isn't one of them. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. feel that a dude should be in like a, a trench coat, like a lab coat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, and Reinhardt even tells him, like, Reinhardt's like, hey, guys, how about you fucking cool it? Because they need to do research before they know what the cure juice is. <laughs> and I've been really bad about letting him do re- Like, Reinhardt just straight up, he's like, guys, it's really kind of more on me than the doctors. I sort of didn't let him do anything and just kind of left repeatedly. It would be like if I asked somebody to paint my portrait and just repeatedly left. Like, it wouldn't be really on them. Yeah, so... Uh, Islehorn forces start the retreat and I think it's a Bittenfield that's like well, I want to go after them so Midmire's like sure just go do whatever Bittenfield go fuck oh yeah yourself. it's like it's like uh, the forces start falling back into Isserlone and you know they're like uh, 
just let them fall back. We have more important things to worry about. And then Minermine's like, oh, if I don't let Bittenfield do something, he's going to bitch at me for months. Fine, let Bittenfield go attack them or something. Yeah, so that was a test by Julian the Sea because he expected them to just let him go. So instead, uh, he, the, their plan is in effect now. The Galactic Empire forces follow Bittenfield, uh, but it's like after the fact, like the silent, uh, silent Admiral guy like takes his time or whatever, so their line is all fucked up. This is where Julian uses that unmanned reserve fleet he had to go block Bittenfield. Um, he just kind of throws the ships at him, and they, most of them get shot up, but some of them do like self-destruct well, and blow up. They self-destruct yeah. a lot. Yeah, like he rigged a lot of them with explosives so that it would be like mines, basically. Just very pretty mines for Bittenfield. Yeah, so like this causes like a lot of confusion because Bittenfield was not expecting to get blown the fuck up like this. And since their entire line is like in disarray because no one was communicating, this allows the Izzelhorn fleet to do their landing thing. And the landing sequence is totally awesome. The ship like just goes and smashes right into the side of Reinhardt's ship looks, and does the whole penetration it tube super thing. Super kick ass. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it, like the second time we've gotten to see it, but it's a really cool idea. It like latches on and like cuts a bunch of cables and like shit's breaking off the ship and they don't give a fuck. It like jams a big tube in it and yeah, it, it was really a big well animated. circle and Oh, it looks so cool, yeah. So um Julian and the Rosen Redders and everybody are on Ryan's ship. Um the people the of the crew on Ryan's ship is panicking. They're trying to get their guns out and get ready to fight. But the captain's like, I don't want you shooting holes in the side of the ship with the Emperor in it. You're using axes. Um, we get Mueller, Mittenmeyer, and uh, who's the last guy? Mecklinger. They're watching this happen through like the CCTV system. And Mueller picks out that a uh, Mueller picks out that Julian is on the ship. And so Mittmeyer's like, oh, if that's... like shocks him yeah, for what like, it's worth. Like, he's like, why the fuck is their leader in here? What? Yeah, like, and what? so Mittmeyer was like, oh, if that's their leader, let's just go kill him and be done with it. But Reinhardt stops them and says no. Um, Mittenmeyer tells him, like, listen, we know they're coming for you. That's the only reason they'd be doing this. Reinhardt is starting to get some of those really good emperor delusions. Like, the, most emperors, it's drugs or just being too old. I guess for him, it's being sick. But yeah, just those moments that everyone kind of looks back and is like, why would... That was a terrible why idea. Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you have just gone and killed him and been done? Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you not do that? And yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> Reinhardt kind of wants Mueller to and see... Like, why won't you let us just go do this? He's like, no. Let him earn his chance to talk with me. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> the Emperor's <laughs> being a dumbass. Yeah, so Reinhardt wants to see if uh, Julian has the, the balls to get to him and all that. Mittenleier, Mecklinger, and uh, and Muller, they go to like off to the side of the corridor, and they're like, are we supposed to do this? Is this a good idea? But Mittenleier's like, well, we got to follow his orders because he is the leader. Um, Mecklinger is wondering, saying that a lot of people are about to die because of this, because of Ryan's stupidity. Not stupidity, but like his, I don't know, stubbornness? His weird belief system is really what it is. He's got some (laughs) weird war belief system where, like, being good at fight means you're worth more and means you're able to talk to me if you're good enough at fight. Me, Reinhardt, who's never really actually done fight firsthand really he's more of a commander man yeah so this leaves Mittenmeyer hoping that Julian gets there soon and he thinks it's kind of strange that he's you know rooting for the enemy then he also realizes that um if any of the other people get there first what will happen 
Like if, say, I don't know, Shenkov gets there before Julian does. <laughs> um, so he gets a flashback of Rutenthal asking him to protect the Empire, and he's like, I'll kill anyone that isn't Julian, and all that. We cut over to the corridor where the fighting's happening. Um, it should be noted that both Popolon and Mashenko came along with Julian and the Rosenritters for whatever reason. Just as a heads up, if you listen before watching, f- fuck fucking Popolon, why you gotta throw a slur, dog? We're 110 episodes deep. We almost got out of it slur-free. I put that on this on the translation group, honestly. What is yeah. that in Japanese? I can't remember what it was, but it, yeah. it wasn't that. Yeah, the localization was probably iffy because there's never really been any tinges of like homophobia or anything especially in popolon and when was this localization done probably oh, like seven a... or so this was yeah, this, was, really this was done i remember it was relatively new when i was offshore so oh seven oh six so this has got some dust yeah so it. just yeah just as a heads up there is a a homophobic slur not really thrown with that intention but regardless it's there it's a little disappointing come on localization do better yeah so he's taunting the bodyguards and trying to get him into fight and stuff we see a uh scene of bittenfield on his ship like with reinhardt's ship on his monitor he's like i just want to shoot off the landing craft and then all of a sudden he's like no 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 that's a terrible idea (laughs) somebody's boarded the emperor's ship we'll shoot at him they're right there on the ship sir i don't care shoot at him and his men are shoot the ship off then they all die (laughs) and his his men are sort of like well our boss bittenfield is a genius maybe it'll work (laughs) (laughs) so they talk him out of that but bittenfield really needs to get his anger under control so he starts going off the uh, down the islehorn corridor and just starts wrecking their fleet um the islehorn corridor was not really expecting them to happen they've kind of figured that once ryan's ship was boarded they just wouldn't do anything so bittenfield goes berserk um the silent admiral dude starts covering for him yeah eisenach comes along it's it, it, narrator says that eisenach isn't quite as bloodthirsty as bittenfield is but he does you know hang along and support yeah well, they say he he's like oh, what's the word they used for it not cruel but they were just like yeah actually it turns out bittenfield being replaced by this guy was not good for Iselhorn. like he was he was ruthless still like he was as ruthless as bittenfield he just wasn't a dumbass yeah so, Bittenfield's going crazy. Murkatch, this ship, takes a hit, and he gets crushed by stuff because that's how all admirals die in this series. Getting it was crushed not by a thing. column, though. It was no, not it a column. They it don't have like columns on the FPA ship. Or something. Yeah. Um, he asked his underling dude if Julian had made it, uh, which he did. So, he said he had no regrets dying to Reinhardt, and this is the way he wanted to go, and he dies. So... And the other person's like, no, sir, I can help you. He's like, it's cool. This is, like, kind of the way I wanted to go, and I don't think I'm going to get too many more cracks at this, so I'm just going <laughs> to take this one and run with it. Yeah, they, he's like, no, really, like, this is perfectly treatable. He's like, nope, just, nope, taking it. <laughs> taking it's just like, one. these people are so bad at war, nobody can kill me, and finally this happens. You are not going to rob me of this death asshole. <laughs> not take this from me it is the one thing i have wanted <laughs> they they mentioned his experience and they said pretty much oh the war experience of yang and reinhardt add that together and double it and that's how much and that's more he yeah. so he's basically the equivalent of bucock at the same yeah. time he has that bronson face the, the entire time yes i'll never get over the charles bronson look he has <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the inside Ryan's ship. Julian and Shenkop are fighting. Um, ooh, Shen- ooh, ooh, that's it. That's what, He died the way he wanted, so he got a death wish. <sighs> Bam! Bam! I can't believe it. <laughs> They'll bring him back for like two or three more. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, anyway, um, inside the ship, Julian and Chen Kopp are fighting the guards. Um, Chen Kopp is like, okay, listen, we're, we'll run interference for you to uh, so you can go and meet him. Um, the Rosen Redders tell him to get going, uh, so he, along with Popolana Mashenko, start trying to look for Ryan. This, I thought this part was kind of weird because they basically... Um... Uh, Poplin and Julian are not Rosen Ritters, sure, you know, honorary tagalongs, yeah. but they said that uh, Mashingo wasn't one, which I thought was weird. I thought he was a Rosen Ritter. No, Mashingo's never a Rosen No, nah, he was like one of the honorary crew. Yeah, he, he was just like a higher up guy well, who happened to be... just one of the boys. Yeah. Nah, he just always uh, comes along. I do like their reasoning for it, though, because yeah, oh. when they're telling him to leave, it's not like... Yeah, go ahead. Like, Julian's being all like, well, I don't want to leave you guys behind. And so Shenkop's just like, you're not a Rosenritter. You're getting in our way. Fuck off. Yeah. And all the boys are just like, yeah, we really get sick of you non-Rosenritters getting in our fucking way. And then, like, you just see all, like, the dudes in the back just like, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> they said all three of you combined are almost as good as one of us. You're just going to slow us down. So if but, you uh, could just get out of our way, actually, and go talk to the Emperor, that'd be tight. <laughs> what, what I really liked also was just a side thing. when uh, Earlier when Poplin was mocking the uh, the enemy, he like was calling them like uh, Noyan Sushi uh, mannequins, which is like, you know, this Noyan Sushi was like some one of the scenes they were going to, one of the scenes on Odin. And it was like he was making a joke that, uh, you know, they were like a rich boy servant from Noyan Sensoshi. And then um, uh, when he said that, um, uh, Mashingo said, Actually, that's not factually correct. That's not where Reinhardt's from. It's like, I don't care! Yeah, he fucking well actually did during the middle of a fucking yeah. firefight. So technically, that's not where he's from. He's actually from somewhere else on Odin. I don't care. The insult works. So after Julian and co. run off, uh, we get Shenkop murder time. Uh, he no-scopes a dude with a gun under his arm saying he wanted to do that since he was a kid. Yeah, like he sees someone's reflection in one of his uh, crewmates' like helmets he just sees the reflection of a soldier behind him and just like puts his gun under his armpit and just fires and takes the dude out and just i can't remember who it was it, someone the, was just like yo nice and shen cup's like always wanted to do that one he is the blonde haired <laughs> second in command guy so yeah he's talking with this dude super casually they're just walking around this quarter like it's nothing he just acts murdering all these royal guards uh, Mittenmeyer is watching Shenkop murder the Royal Guards on the CCTV, and he's kind of impressed about it, and he knows that these Royal Guards are not going to be able to defend. Yeah, like, he's like, I really shouldn't be, like, giving compliments, but, like, damn, that guy kills good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Reinhardt gets up, he asks his kid doctor to get him a uniform, because he's not going to be talking to Julian in his fucking pajamas. Um, Mishengo, Palpolo, and, uh, Popolan, and Julian are running through quarters, and, um, uh, Mishengo takes a bullet for Julian... Uh, Apparently the soldiers in the ship have started to ignore the orders, the orders yeah. of don't shoot in the ship. And yeah, like, Mishengo takes like 10, mm-hmm. which also, I swear the armor they used was like resistant to those, wasn't it? Like, Some of that it? was the reason I, the I, axes were good? Yeah. I, I don't know. The only thing I think of is that maybe when we saw the Earth Church doing the stuff in the past to this armor, they had like shitty guns and these guys have <laughs> good true, guns. That's true, yeah. Could I don't be. Know. 
Also, the other other thing I do like is that the lasers puncture exactly one person front to back and then stop. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't think like about that. that, actually. Good point. <laughs> Very convenient lasers. Yeah, I do love that. I mean, that's You because, don't want the overpenetration you know, issue, especially in a spaceship. Also, yeah, also, you're writing a war story and just doing naval combat with spaceships. So, like, yeah, you're just going to use regular gun rules for yeah. laser bullets. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> Go nuts. So he takes the shot in the back, tells... Uh, Julian, he can't go against fate or whatever, and dies. Julian gets the bloodlust, uh, starts chopping dudes up in the hallway. Um, we cut over to Shenkop, who is like just covered in bodies. There's bodies everywhere where he's been at, uh, and he just starts yelling out for his unit mates. Like he's just kind of like, "Doug, Doug, are you dead yet? Doug, shit, Doug's dead. Steve, Steve, you can't really be <laughs> dead yet, can you? Can you? Ah, crap. Well." Todd, That's... I really hope you're dead, Todd. <laughs> I'm not quite like, dead yeah, fuck you, Todd. I've been waiting. <laughs> so there was a Galactic Empire dude who was pretending to be dead on the floor. He throws an axe and hits Shenkop in the back. I gotta uh, say, Shen... he was, from a guy who was crawling on the ground, he really anchored in an axe. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was in there. Yeah, well. curled up in the fetal position, grabs an axe and, like, swings it overhead from the ground into Shenkop's back, like... Going through the armor and landing up pretty deep. I wonder how good these axes are. And he's back super on the good. ground crying for mom. Yeah, yeah Shuttercop no-sells the entire thing. Uh, he asked the dude his name, asking who's going to be the person who kills Shankop. Um, well, or wounds. Wound yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like, I want to know the name of the man who actually managed to wound Walter von Shenkop. <laughs> and the guy's just like, uh, Stevie Nicks. And he's like, well, thanks for being honest, Stevie Nicks. But and then, like, Shenkop immediately <laughs> forgot the dude's name. <laughs> yeah, oh, super did. And then he super pulls did, the axe yeah. out of his back and uses it to chop the head in half of some other guy who was trying to murder him. And he, like, legit, he's, like, talking to the guy who threw the axe in his back and is like, Again, like Giap said, literally crying for mommy, curled up in a ball. And Shinkop was, like, was like, did you just see what I did with that axe? That's pretty cool, huh? Mom! I think he legitimately <sighs> says, he's like, hey, want to see a cool trick? And then he pulls it out of his back and cuts the top of a dude's head <laughs> off. Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, you want to see a fun party trick I like to do? <laughs> just like, <laughs> right through. And then he's like, how did you like that one? And the guy's on the ground just, mommy! <laughs> and comes like, yeah, it's pretty tight. Uh, tough crowd. <laughs> uh, we get a quick scene of Popolon and Julian running around. Popolon, like, tackles some guy who's about to shoot Julian, tells Julian to go find Ryan, and then they start punching each other on the ground or something. Uh, back to Shenkop. He is at the top of a staircase with blood coming down all around him. Uh, the bottom of the staircase is filled with bodies and people, like, lack the Empire dudes, like, not knowing what to do because if they know if they walk up the stairs, they're going to die. Yeah, like, people have already yelled multiple times, like, he's a demon! <laughs> he's unstoppable! What's wrong with this guy? He won't die! And, yeah, he's just kind of sitting, chilling at the top of the stairs, having to think, and there's, like, a group of, like, 30 dudes at the bottom of the stairs with guns trained on him, just like, so do we shoot him, or, like, <laughs> go up the, is he go immune up the stairs, to I'll follow behind you. No, you won't. <laughs> do we... Do we lay down a trap or something? Like, how do you stop it? <laughs> so, uh, Shenkop's thinking about that he doesn't need any words on his epitaph or something, or maybe getting Dusty to write it since he's bad with them. Uh, and he also mentions, he's like, you know what? I'm pretty cool with dying like this, because I didn't want to die looking up to nobody. So he's like, I'm just going to literally look down at a bunch of people while I die. Badass. Yep. Thanks, stairs. We got a flashback <laughs> of him uh, thinking about his baby mama. Um, 
the narrator notes that he defected from the Galactic Empire as a kid, lost his homeland twice, etc. And then he just yeah, kind of dies. Think, he was thinking there. about Karen's bomb. He's like, oh, I just remember what she looked like. Damn. She was hot. Nice yep. job, me. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> then he dies. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they're like, yeah. And then, yep, Fion Cop dies. Uh, they mention, you know, like it, the end of his stormy 37 years on this earth or something. You know, on just he Chopping he, uh, dudes and fucking. Dies. Yep, trucking and fucking and axe killing is all I crave. Walter von Schenkop, a man who knew his principles and stuck to them hard. <laughs> uh, so we're back to Julian. He's running through corridors trying to find where Ryan is. A door ominously opens in front of him. Uh, he walks in and is to his surprise sees Mueller and Mittmeyer. He then like kind of collapses in fatigue because he guess he's been fighting and running around for so long. Yeah. And he, he recognizes uh, Mueller because yeah. he met Mueller before. Uh, and Mittenmeyer, he just kind of pieces together, I guess. He's like, he, yep, yeah. that's a fleet admiral outfit, and uh, that's not Oversign. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, they kind of look at him uncertain of what to do, but Reinhardt tells them to let him be. Uh, he finally uses his axe to get up and walk over to Reinhardt. Yeah, like Reinhardt specifically says, like, he has yet to prove he has the strength to reach me, to talk to me. And it, they're both kind of like... All right, man. <laughs> Julian stands up, props himself up on his axe, and like, kind of just like ambles over. Yep. And so he says something to the effect of Republicans should never kneel to an autocrat and all that. Um, he mm. tells Reinhardt that he, like, he introduces himself and tells him that he is the cure to the Lohengram dynasty when it falls ill, and then just kind of falls over. And like, it shows like Mittmeyer and Mueller just kind of looking at each other, like they don't really know what to do. And then Ryan's like, get those six fucking doctors in here. Like, maybe they can actually deal with this, <laughs> what this is. And then he tells Mittenmeyer, he's like, all right, well, they reached me so we can stop the battle now. Which, to me, was the most, uh-oh, the Emperor's completely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Especially <laughs> when well, Bittenfield's out there tearing shit up. It's all right. He called. He got here and he called base. We have to stop. That's it. He's safe. We gotta gotta call the war off. He got he got in here. He captured the flag. The like, worst Calvin ball ever. Yeah. It, oh my god. Like there's beyond no reason to stop the fight. Like it's so nonsense. Yeah. Like, it it sounds like you know shit that would never happen. Yeah, well, I mean, specifically, it sounds like shit that would never happen until you had a crazy dictator situation, like a dictator who either had done a lot of meth or just was very ill or something, but, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's the end of episode 108. We have two more. Two more episodes, um, and this is where I'm wondering if you know where it's going to go. Well, I do know that Julian and Reinhardt are probably going to have a discussion. That's a good um, good guess. That's my first guess, and also my last guess. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for being here as usual, uh, Kuvo and Giop. Um, almost done. All, all mo- almost done. Yeah. Next one, uh, I'm assuming, will be a bit longer uh, because it's only two episodes. But it's also we're gonna get all of our we got to chat about legend. Stuff. Of- yeah, our Legend of the Galactic Heroes thoughts uh, out and on the table. Um, I've really enjoyed it so far, though, I, I will say. Uh, I'm really excited to see how it wraps up. I'm also baffled to think that this could be wrapped up in two episodes, but then again, you know, 
Uh, I'm looking forward to everyone dying except for Bittenfield and his 100-year legacy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the Bittenfield screaming years. <laughs> Don't worry. We heard the polls. We killed everybody except your favorite character, Bittenfield. <laughs> <laughs> Bittenfield and the Black Lancers, idiot adventure. Bittenfield, go, king go. of the universe. <laughs> Uh, well, till then, thanks everybody for listening. If you haven't already, uh, please subscribe on your podcast, even though that probably doesn't matter much now, I guess. You <laughs> subscribe you and listen on your Zoom. I'm gonna, I might do another podcast after this, who knows, but, um, subscribing to podcast of the Galactic Heroes won't really help at that point, I guess, but tell your friends, sure, fuck it, uh, <laughs> yeah, till, uh, till next time. Possibly the last time. Space anime. Space anime. Space anime.